Here's Papa is brought to you by Just Some Podcast Media. Dun, da, da, da. The views on this podcast are those solely of the host and do not represent the views or opinions of any other institution. <laughs> Welcome to Nurse Papa, a podcast from the heart and mind of a pediatric oncology nurse and father. In each episode, I take a deep dive into a story of parenthood and hopefully come out on the other side with a better understanding of what makes kids and their parents tick. At the conclusion of each episode, I'll tackle a parenting question from one of my loyal listeners in a segment I like to call Dear Nurse Papa. Let's get started. Papa, do you know where my doll is? Which one are you looking for? The mermaid princess, Papa. She's my most favorite doll in the world, Papa. Why is she your favorite? Um, I don't know, Papa. She just is. Can you help me? Sure, sweetie. I have a good idea of where she might be. Are you ready to find her? Yes, Papa. Let's go. Let's go. The Shelf of Special Things Special means different things to different people. My daughter has a special shelf. Upon it, she keeps all her special things. I did a covert inventory of her special collection one day while she was at school. This space houses, among other items, a colorful balloon, a pouch of glitter nail polish, various craft projects, a polka-dotted piggy bank, and a class photo of her former preschool class. Some of the more esoteric items she has curated are a woven purse in the shape of a pig which her cousin brought from Mexico, a geode crystal with a faux pink quartz interior, a small plastic trophy which boasts the ambitious title of Super Awesome Kid, and a dirty stuffed cat which she once dubbed Pink Delicious. On the day she spontaneously named that cat, we were at the crowded funeral of a friend of mine. My daughter's determined christening of that silly stuffed animal was one of the few moments I smiled that day, or even that month. I've often asked my little girl if she thinks it might be a good idea to organize her chaotic shelf of keepsakes, and possibly even thin out some of the junk. Make some room for new special things, I say delicately. Her response is always unequivocal. No, Papa, no. And we move on to less contentious issues like potential cereal selection for breakfast. Somehow, though, even the bland arbitration between Cheerios and Cinnamon Toast Crunch invites some amount of controversy in our home. Either the bowl is the wrong color, the cereal-to-milk ratio is inadequate, he has more cereal than her, or vice versa. As I examine the items which my daughter chooses to take up space on her shelf of special things, I silently question why she even needs a special shelf in the first place. Both my kids' possessions have already taken over the entirety of our home. Why on earth do they require a dedicated space for a special few? Blonde and brunette Barbies existing in varying levels of nudity lay splayed and vapid as far as the eye can see. Toy cars underfoot and out of mind litter the parquet floor. Fluffy stuffies congregate and mate interspecially all around us. A white goat is improbably humping a whale puppet 
and three octopi croqueted by my mother are proposing to engage in an illicit under-the-sea menage a trois. Legos and thousands of other plastic elements have stormed our carpets and floors like the American army once did Normandy. Everywhere the kids go, they leave some trace of their beings behind. They mark their territories like alpha neighborhood dogs pissing on trees and fire hydrants. I can't take a step without one of my daughter's LOL dolls jabbing me in the sole of my foot or clumsily tripping over one of my son's many transportation devices. It is a bloody miracle that I have not slipped and broken my neck yet. We parents certainly get in on the territory marking as well. My wife sheds her outfits upon the closest available furniture at the end of the day. The pile grows and grows day by day until she needs to wear one of them again or it all falls over. I discover strands of her hair in the most unlikely of places. The dining room table, curled around a wooden stirring spoon in the kitchen, in my son's diaper, and the most likely places too, in the shower, on her hairbrush. I too shed my worldly possessions around our home like a whirling dervish does his dandruff. I may be the worst offender over the age of five in this whole damn place. I own four different ukuleles, which I swear grow little legs at night and travel to new and exciting spots as we all are sleeping. They must be writing light-hearted songs that we will never hear with our eyes open. I also deposit scores of forgotten lines of floss upon various bathroom faucets for later use. Gross, I know. Copies of my old New Yorkers, which I have not read but refuse to recycle in hopes of reading eventually, collect in random clustered piles like mini paper stonehenges. It turns out, all of us in this wild band we call a family possess the unconscious desire to spread out our personal objects over as wide of a space as is humanly possible. We want these objects to be in our line of sight so we can keep them safe. We want our loved ones to see and appreciate these items as much as we do, to cherish their infinite possibilities too. But as much as we truly yearn for affirmation from the only people who truly matter to us, our family, it is these same individuals that know us and love us enough to show us their true sides and to be honest with us about what they truly feel too. I'm pretty sure that my wife thinks it is disgusting that I abandon floss around our house like a crazy pirate who swears he will come back one day for his buried gold. Arr, I will come back, I will. It grosses her out even though she knows and appreciates that I'm trying to use less plastic one tooth at a time. I also wish I did not have to fish her gigantic moldy human hairs out of the drain of our shower on a quarterly basis. Even though I do, I love my wife's long flowing locks. I would be lost if she cut them off. My son has no interest in his sister's prolific doll collection. He is completely indifferent to their dresses and curls, but he is obsessed with his sassy older sibling. My daughter has little to no appreciation for this boy's crew of shiny Hot Wheel cars. They have wheels, not clothing, but she adores her little brother like it is her calling in life. Now I get it. I finally understand why this special shelf is so, well, special. I realize too that my daughter is a genius. As her trophy promises the world, she is a super awesome kid! Woohoo! In the rarefied space of the shelf of special things, no smudgy fingers but those belonging to the proprietors may touch or alter the altar. It is a safe space. It is treated like a museum with the board of one in charge of each upcoming exhibition. We all need special shelves to guard that which we covet. And it does not have to be a literal shelf. 
It can be a dark drawer or a corner in the garage. It might be a sacred space in a closet or, most often, the unmolested serenity of a room in our minds. We all have a special shelf upon which we store the things we love, even if we don't realize it. The concept for my special shelf came from my father. I'm not sure who innovated it before he did. It is the snug bottom of a sock drawer where I store a collection of delicate items that are so important to me, yet possess little value to the rest of the world. Some drawings from my kids, scribbled in bright crayons and smudgy fingers, various Father's Day cards from the six years during which I have had the pleasure of being a dad, love notes from my spouse encrusted in clever collages, an almost illegible note from my dying grandfather, written as I stood over his bed and held his hand, and another note from my grandmother, my dad's mom, telling me that she loves me and also that she wished I would call her more often. All these notices of love, recorded on flimsy paper that will certainly one day disintegrate, remain sacred to me. They tell the stories of my past and the stories of my future yet to come. They find new life together here in my special place beneath my colorful socks. And some mornings, when I'm searching for a pair of socks that seem just right for the day before me, I rediscover these papers and take them out for a visit to the light. I sit there and read them aloud to nobody but myself. My young son is still just beginning to understand the whole special shelf concept. The space he is currently developing in imitation of his older sister is still very new and spare. Its modest ornamentations, a disassembled Lego spaceship, a knitted dog, and a few other seemingly random items have none of the obvious pizzazz or intention as his sister's does. But that's just my dumb dad opinion. More than likely, I am just completely missing the point of his brilliant and spartan artistic intention. His subtle toddler purpose. After all, it is his shelf of special things, not mine. This week, Nurse Papa helps a mom from Sebastopol, California, convince her three-year-old son to help out by washing his hands. Dear Nurse Papa, how do I convince my three-year-old son that it is indeed a good idea to wash his hands even as we come to an end of this global pandemic? It's as if instead of asking him to wash his hands, I'm asking him to dump his treasured favorite puzzle in the trash can. He was fairly agreeable six months ago, but has become much more opinionated since turning three. He used to be convinced with fun-shaped soaps, but this method no longer works. My energy for entering into these battles is limited these days. Please forgive my brevity. I must return to preventing my children from biting each other. Ow! Mama of fervent anti-handwashing kid. Dear Mama of fervent anti-handwashing kid, you can take solace in the fact that your little guy has already discovered a few of his true passions in life, dirty hands and causing his mama some grief. My son routinely presents his booger-encrusted fingers to me and my wife for inspection and disposal. It seems that his first two passions in life are anything with wheels attached and grossing out his parents. I truly empathize with your concerns though, mama. During these times in which her son's roaming fingers can actually transfer a dangerous virus to both himself and the rest of his family, his reluctance to wash his hands has potentially more serious implications than other power grabs you might experience as a parent. 
That being said, I think it is worthwhile for you to ask yourself what is truly important to you in this situation. If you can identify scenarios in which your son's basic hand hygiene is not crucial to his health and the well-being of the rest of the family, then perhaps you can avoid engaging in a fight that does not really need to happen. Speaking as a father to two headstrong kids, I know that there are an endless supply of disputes to engage in with a three-year-old, and that it is simply impossible for me to come out on top in a majority of these confrontations. If you hope to avoid becoming a completely totalitarian parent, I tried it. It does not work. Your best move here is to only fight the fights worth fighting. So I ask you this simple question. Are you currently interested in your son washing his hands like a normal person would when they're dirty? Or are you primarily concerned with his hands being coronavirus free? I will first assume the latter. Say no to corona. Yeah. We can encounter a more comprehensive hygiene plan for your son a bit later on. If your primary goal is to prevent virus transmission and you are only mildly worried about the ever-present muck, snot, and garden dirt that exists on every child's palm, then it is worthwhile to only insist that your son wash his hands when there has been a high risk that he has touched or been exposed to a surface upon which that pesky coronavirus resides. This means exposure to people and objects outside of your home. Your pets, houseplants, and hopefully you are not emitting virus, so if COVID enters your home, it is likely an external source. If your boy is making a mess with finger paints, digging for treasure in the backyard, or any number of other messy activities, you can relax with the hand washing if it is going to lead to a major standoff that you don't have the emotional energy for. This virus is not going anywhere for a while, so it makes sense to be smart about how you engage with your son in this matter. If you push him too hard, he will push back even harder. The control you can have here though, is everything besides the strong will of your son. If you have other kids who are more amenable to hand washing, make sure they do it consistently, as should every other adult in the house. Be conscious of objects which are coming in and out of your home too. By avoiding exposure of the virus from outside, you are decreasing the chance that your son's hands will be carrying it, and also decrease his need to wash those hands. By being vigilant in ways you can control, you lower the risk of the entire household. Also, have you considered offering him hand sanitizer in place of washing his hands? It requires no water and sink time. Although it is not quite as effective as a vigorous hand washing, it will most likely do the trick. But Nurse Papa, I want to teach my son to develop a practice of cleaning his hands. What do I do? Gotcha, Mama. Let's assume that coronavirus is not your only worry here. You might also be interested in your son simply having clean hands, which is a completely valid desire. You might also be inclined to encourage a habit of good hygiene that will continue to grow stronger as he gets older. There are ways to get your son to wash his hands more consistently and without a fight, but you have to be strategic about it and you should also accept that developing habits takes time. It is a process that will ebb and flow. In your question, you asked how you might convince your son to wash his hands, but I do not think making the intellectual case for this habit will work with a three-year-old. A child that young, no matter how smart they are, will not generally respond to adult logic. For kids who are a wee bit older, you can check out the advice I gave to Dish Mama for how to get your child to do something they are opposed to doing. In the third episode of Nurse Papa. Fear not, there are good options for your younger son too. Here is my advice. Use your allies. 
Your best helpers are closer than you might think. One way to persuade your son to wash his hands is for him to observe those he respects and loves the most doing the exact thing which he is avoiding. I will go out on a limb and assume that your little boy has an older sibling whose opinion and approval means more to him than just about anything. If this is the case, enlist your older child to the cause. If, like most younger siblings, your three-year-old is never far from the side of his older brother or sister hero, he will be around to observe their good example too. When older sibling washes their hands, have she or he engage the little brother in this process. She or he should verbalize how funny it is to play with the soap bubbles and warm water, how good it feels to have clean hands. You could even encourage older brother or sister to try and wash their little brother's hands as they wash their own. It may take a while, but I have a feeling that eventually your son will catch on. The power of the older sibling is very strong. Engage with his emotions. Kids between the age of three and five are just beginning to be in touch with their internal emotional lives. They are just learning how to put those feelings into words too. I am always amazed by the nuanced feelings that my young kids are able to describe when I give them the chance. Other than garden variety defiance, your son might have another totally unexpected reason for not washing his hands. By discovering this and allowing him to feel heard and understood, you might be able to dispel any anxiety or fears he has. Even if doing so does not help your cause with this particular problem, it is a good habit to get into and it will pay big dividends in the future as you continue to fine tune your communication skills with your kids. Have patience. This may take a while. Mama, you might be in it for the long haul on this one. On the other hand, you might not. Nobody, not even Nurse Papa, can predict when your guy will begin to wash his hands without a fight. That is one of the most beautiful things about kids. They always keep you on your toes. They change when you least expect they will. What's most important though, is that you remain patient with your son and patient with yourself too. It's hard being a parent even in the best of times. When you toss in a pandemic and so many other stressors that the world is throwing at us all, life can just feel so overwhelming. A child refusing to wash his hands can sometimes feel like something so much bigger and scarier. Take a breath, mama. And please don't throw your son's most treasured puzzle in the trash for not washing his hands. Maybe just hold on to one single piece so that when he finally gets around to finishing it, he is denied that unique pleasure of fitting the last one in. Where I come from, we call that parental payback. And it sure is sweet. Just remember to give him that piece back though. You got this girl. All my love, Nurse Papa. Podcasts like mine depend upon the ratings and reviews of happy listeners to spread the word. Please take a moment to give your good old friend Nurse Papa a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts and a thoughtful written review. Send a screenshot of your review to david at nursepapathebook.com or better yet, post it on Instagram and tag at nursepapathebook and I will pick one lucky winner to receive a very personalized message from my incredibly cute daughter <laughs> that will be played on a future episode. Good luck. Are you a parent struggling to do best by your child? Is there a particular quandary of parenthood that has got your goat? If so, write to Nurse Papa. Send your question to david at nursepapathebook.com 
and I just might feature your letter in my next episode. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Nurse Papa. Remember, Nurse Papa is also an upcoming book about my experiences as a pediatric nurse and father. For more information about the book, please visit nursepapathebook.com. Stay safe out there and keep on parenting.